that. Yeah, amen. We are here today to celebrate the God who rescues. This is the day that we remember that God conquered the grave through Jesus Christ's resurrection. It's the day that we celebrate that God can rescue us from the most difficult circumstances in our lives. So let's say thanks again to those who shared their story of rescue with us in such a dramatic fashion. Well, stories of rescue are awesome, aren't they? Did you catch what happened about two weeks ago in Ventura County on the news? There was this couple that went out to the beach for a day of fun in the sun, but they got a lot more than they had planned for when they went. 
on that first day when they got there, the, the wife, she went out on her boogie board. And after a little bit of time in the waves, she began to notice that she was being pulled back out to sea. She was caught in a riptide. And so she began to call out, and her husband went swimming in after her. You can imagine what happened next. The husband was caught in the riptide with her. And so they, began, they were just paddling as hard as they could, and they were just moving back slowly, no matter how hard they tried. And so eventually, they were about 100 yards offshore, and they began calling out for help. Who would come to their rescue? Well, Nico, the wonder dog, was on the shore. Now, Nico is a mountain Bernese, a Bernese mountain dog, and, uh, and she was, uh, he was on the shore with his owner who had rescued him from a pound about two or three months earlier. And Nico jumped into the waves. There was no indication that Nico had any training. There was no indication that Nico had ever even swum in the ocean before. But Nico just went out and began swimming to these people. When he got there, the woman put her arm around him. And, and then Nico swam them both back to safety, somehow, some way. Isn't that incredible what that dog was able to do? You know, the best thing that my dog has done, the, most, the biggest accomplishment that my dog has is she survived eating two dozen cookies. She got up onto the desk where my mother-in-law had put them because she didn't want them in the kitchen where people would eat them. And, and our little beagle, small little beagle, somehow fit 24 chocolate chip cookies into her belly. And somehow she survived all that chocolate intake. That's the best thing that my dog's ever done. But Nico went out and saved two people. But Nico's story is beautiful to me because it's the story of a dog that was rescued by two loving owners and brought into a loving home. And then that dog later went out and rescued others. As we're going to see today, God invites us all into a story that's a lot like Nico's. It's a story where those who are rescued become rescuers. Today, Easter, it, it reminds us of God's great rescue plan for broken people. We're all in need of rescue because every single one of us has shortcomings and every single one of us has tough stuff in our lives and in our past. And that's why Jesus came to earth. He came here to save us from the things that we could not get ourselves out of. He came to heal what we couldn't heal ourselves. He took our pain and our guilt and our shame and he took it to a cross and then he rose from the dead so that we might live life as it was meant to be lived, so that we could live in freedom. I want to read for you a short little passage in the New Testament. It's actually printed in your bulletins if you want to follow along. This is Colossians chapter 1. We're going to read verses 13 and 14, and it talks about the saving work of Christ. It says this, he has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. I love this verse because it talks about 
the rescue that Jesus has done for us. It talks about a great transfer, a great change of state where we pass from one thing to another, from the power of darkness to the kingdom of the beloved son. This is what all those people who were holding these signs wanted to communicate today. Their lives have been transformed by the rescue of Jesus Christ. Every person shared a very real part of their story. And it took incredible courage for them to come up and do this in front of all of you today. Some of them sharing things that very few people know about them. But they did it because they want you to know that they are no longer defined by the words on those signs. Yes, that those things remain a part of their story, and they're still a work in progress, but their core identities are now defined by something completely new, the kingdom of the beloved son. The transfer that that passage talked about, it takes us from one way of life to a new way of life. The old way was lived under the power of that darkness, and the new way is lived under the power of the Son, the beloved Son. Let's contrast these ways of life a little more. The old life says you're defined by your mistakes. The new life says you are defined by the love of God. The old life says you have no inherent worth, but the new life says you have so much value that Christ came to earth and died just to be with you. The old life says there's no hope in difficult times. The new life says we can have hope even in the face of death because the one that we live under his power, he conquered even the grave. The old life says you're trapped in your circumstances. The new life says Christ has the power to make you free. Do you ever feel trapped? Have you ever felt like you are in a circumstance that there's just no way out? Like you're in a cell and there are no windows and no doors and the walls are just too thick? Christ wants you to know that he came to make you free. That's what that word redemption means in the verses that we read. Redemption is all about releasing people from a situation they otherwise could not get out of. It's used in scripture to talk about people freed from oppression, from an oppressive nation. It's used to talk about people who had sold themselves into slavery because they had nowhere else to turn but were released. It's used to talk about a payment of a ransom so that people could be freed from captivity. So freedom in Christ means being released from all the things that weigh us down, that burden our souls. Some people think that freedom is just a license. It's a license to do whatever I want, whenever I want. They think of freedom as, I'm the master of my own domain. But the sad truth about a view of license when it comes to freedom is that it doesn't lead to true freedom. It might be fun for a while, but it eventually often leads to addiction or broken relationships or di other difficult problems. When God talks about freedom, he's not talking about license. He's talking about liberty. He's talking about the happy state of being released from the things that are holding us captive and weighing us down. I'd imagine we all have things to write on our signs. 
God is talking about freeing us from those things. I want you to know that he can do that. The one who had the power to raise from the dead and who was able to break free from the captivity of a tomb can free us as well. So I wonder, will you trust in his work today? Will you look to him for freedom? And then once you've been rescued, then you get something amazing. You get to participate in the work that God is doing in our world. You get to become a rescuer yourself, just like Nico did. He was rescued, and then he went out and rescued. In God's kingdom, those who are radically rescued, radically rescue. Let's read the other passage in your bulletin this morning. This comes from 2 Corinthians Both of these readings come from letters that were written to early Christians in the first century by the Apostle Paul. And he writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 17. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. I love this passage. It, it brings back to mind so many of the things we've talked about so far that in Christ were made new. The old is gone. The new has come. That transfer has taken place. And now we can have a favored status before God. And with that favored status, we get the opportunity to do amazing stuff in our broken world, to begin to become those ambassadors, those rescuers. We get to do work of healing and reconciliation and grace by the way, you're already doing this if you participated in significant sacrifice. You're doing this if you participated in the offering this morning because 100% is going to go to meet needs in our community. You know, I don't know anybody who is doing the work of rescue as well as a man named Bob Goff or quite like this man named Bob Goff. I've talked about Bob once before at Highlands. Bob, my, my wife Holland, was the, the nanny for Bob's three children back in college for about three years. And Bob is a unique dude. He, he likes, one of his offices is the island. He calls it Tom Sawyer Island. I think it's been changed to Pirate's Lair Island at, at Disneyland. That's his Wednesday office. He likes to hang out there. And he, he has this book called Love Does where he talks about all these stories, these wild and crazy things he's done all over the world and whimsical things. And if you read the book, then you know what I like to say about Bob is that Forrest Gump has nothing on Bob Goff. Bob knows how to make a difference and how to have a very unique life. Bob didn't always dream of being a rescuer. In his book, he tells a story about being a very below average student. And at one point, he actually dropped out of high school to pursue, to pursue a dream of, wait for it, becoming a rock climber in Yosemite. 
every parent's dream that their kid will drop out of school to become a rock climber, right? Well, and he talks about, he says, all he had when he left home was a down vest, two red bandanas, a pair of rock climbing shoes, $75, and a VW bug. Sounds like a rock solid plan, right? There's, there's no way anything could go wrong. Well, as you can imagine, about a week into his journey, he ran out of money and couldn't find a job, and so he was forced to go back home. But here's what God does. God takes a poor student with poor decision-making skills and uses him to rescue tons of people. Christ has rescued Bob, and now Christ is using him as a rescuer. His winding road has taken him to Uganda, where the wells were built this last year from the significant sacrifice last year. And he encountered something just horrific there. This man who knows how to have fun also knows when it's time to be serious. And he encountered witch doctors who were abducting children and killing them as an act of ritual religious sacrifice. And so Bob said, this is not okay with me. And Bob's a lawyer by trade today. And he has this nonprofit called Restore International. And Bob decided he couldn't stand by idly. And so he became the first person in Ugandan history to bring a witch, a witch doctor to trial and to actually get that conviction to happen. Bob has and is radically rescuing children. But here's the thing about Bob. He didn't stop there. This is how crazy this man is. He took Jesus' call to love enemies seriously. And he began to meet with the witch doctors. And he began to ask them, First of all, he began to tell them, it's not okay, and I will uh, prosecute anybody who goes about this practice with children. But he also said, what do you need? And they said, we need an education. And so he started an education program for witch doctors. Let me read a few lines from an article that was printed in The Viewpoint, a publication of Point Loma Nazarene University. It says, Goff understands that to make significant change, everyone needs to experience the love of Christ. Standing in a room with a class of graduates from the academy, Goff expresses love in a way most would deem unfathomable. He shakes the hands of each witch doctor, cups their faces in his hands, and kisses their foreheads. He then turns them, he, he then warns them that there will be ramifications if they choose to hurt any more children. So he's, he's loving them, and he's also showing how firm he is in his stance. Bob shows us what can happen when somebody has been radically rescued. They go out, and they radically rescue others. Bob is rescuing not just the oppressed, but the oppressors too, just like Jesus did. As someone who once dropped out of high school to become a rock climber, nobody would have expected Bob to be somebody who would do these amazing things. But that's what God does. He uses unlikely people, uh, unlikely people like you and me. Just look at the people he used in Scripture. If you, if you read through the Bible, you'll see he chose a man named Simon and then later changed his name to Peter. Here was a guy who was a fisherman. He was blue-collar. He wasn't trained for ministry, yet Christ chose him to be one of his disciples. And after Peter totally messed up at the end of Jesus' life, just before the crucifixion, instead of rejecting him, Jesus came to him in grace after his resurrection. 
he rescued Peter. He rescued him from the consequences of his actions, and then he sent him out to rescue others. Then there was this woman. Jesus met her at a well. She was from a region that was known for its unfaithfulness to God. She had a history. She had five failed marriages, and she was filled with shame. And yet Jesus went and met her right where she was, restored her dignity. He rescued her from shame and regret, and then she went out and rescued people from her own town. Then there's the guy that we talked about last week at Highlands, a crooked tax collector named Zacchaeus. This was a man known for white-collar crime, but God rescued him from greed and oppression and then used him to rescue the poor. For Zacchaeus went out and he gave half of his possessions to the poor. Here's what we can learn from these stories. God can use your biggest failure to be the catalyst for your greatest purpose. And God can use your biggest weakness as the launching point for your greatest ministry and calling in your life. Uh, If you're a guest here today, I want to tell you a little bit about the people who call Highlands Church home. We're a group of people who have been radically rescued. Don't come looking for perfect people here. You are not going to find them. We are unfinished. We're messy. We're like Peter and the woman at the well and Zacchaeus. We've been rescued, and God is still teaching us how to live more and more as rescued people each day. We may fall down at times, but we get back up because we know that God's grace is bigger than our biggest failure in life. So we want to invite you to be a part of this journey with us. It begins when you acknowledge that you need to be rescued and call out to God and you say, I want to be rescued and I want to live in the freedom that you provide. Then as rescued people, you can begin to participate in the rescue of other people. I pray that you're going to consider these possibilities today because it is a wonderful journey with all sorts of adventure and all sorts of meaning to be thinking about how might my life be transformed if I began to call out to God to be my rescuer. As you're thinking about that, you probably notice some people are walking up behind me. Hey, guys. We are actually going to do something really awesome here as we're preparing to wrap up our service today. And that is we have 23 students and adults who are actually radically rescued people who are going out to participate in the work of rescue. This team of people behind me is going to be headed down to LAX this afternoon where they will catch a red-eye flight to Panama, I believe. And then from Panama, you'll arrive in Nicaragua tomorrow. And uh, this is going to be a really incredible trip, and I'm going to turn it over to Katie Griffin, our missions pastor, and she's going to tell you a little bit more about it. Awesome. Thank you, Sean. Well, again, uh, we are just going, uh, we are super excited to be taking 23 students and adults with us to serve the people of Nicaragua. We go with a mission organization called Students International who work uh, 24-7, 365 days a year in country to um, bless 
the people of Nicaragua and different uh, ministry sites. And so I just want to share with you those sites that the students and adults will be serving. They'll be serving in education. They'll be serving in um, advanced technology, which is water filtration. They'll be serving in the medical field with the doctors there helping um, other patients. They will be serving in social work, both with women's social work, with women who are abused, um, and also boys' so social work with uh, helping other boys' students. And then also, help me out, team. I think I forgot one. Microfinance, how could I forget? Okay, and microfinance. And so that, those are the different areas in which our students and adults will be serving. I just wanna thank each and every one of them for taking time out of their spring break. This is some of them, their only spring break to go and serve uh, for uh, adults for taking time off work of their work schedule to go and serve and um, for raising all the funds that they did in order to make this trip possible to be a blessing to the people of Nicaragua. And so once again, uh, I just want to say thank you. This is your 2015 Nicaragua missions team. I'm going to have you guys stay here. We want to send this team off with prayer, so I invite you to join with me, and you guys get in close and tight here and maybe throw an arm around his shoulder. We're going to pray for you guys as you head out. Lord, we are so thankful for all those who are here today and for um, the sacrifice that they've made of their own time and their vacation to go out and be rescuers. We pray that you would empower them, that you would give them just great success in all that they do, that you would protect them in their travels, uh, protect them in their ministry sites, go with them every step of the way. Lord, when you sent your son to the world and he talked about what he had come to do, he quoted from the prophet Isaiah and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So Lord, we are so privileged to be able to join in on that mission, and we thank you for each person here. We pray that you would bless them and bless all that they meet. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, now you can go. <laughs> yeah. Well, Easter is a glorious day. It's the day for us to remember the rescue of Jesus Christ. It reminds us that we are rescued in order to rescue. In just a moment, we're going to invite you to participate in our annual tradition of putting flowers on the cross right over here. Uh, you should have received a flower when you came in, and if not, we can certainly, we have buckets right back there, and you can grab one. The band is going to begin playing in, in a few minutes, and, and once they do, at any point, you can stand up and go and place your flower in the cross. This is, the flower is, is not just an empty symbol for us, though. This flower reminds us of what Jesus has done. He's taken something that represented death, and he's made it represent life. And that's what he can do in our own lives. He can transfer us from this power of dark things into the power of life in his son. So some here today may be ready to say, hey, I want to be rescued. 
And if that's you, I want your flower today to represent, as you place it into the cross, the new life that begins today. For other people, you may be saying, man, you know what? I am ready to, to go out there and to participate in the work of rescue. And you don't have to go to Nicaragua. It can start right next door to your house. And if that's you, you say, I want to participate in the work of rescue, then let that flower today represent the lives that are going to be changed as a result of what you're doing. So in just a moment, the band will start playing, and you can do that. I want you to know that over here at this canopy, the green canopy over there after the service and, and during this final song, we'll have some of our elders and our deacons over there, and they are all volunteers, and they're just... Uh, would be happy to pray with you if there's anything that you need prayer for today. Um, they will be there and excited to, to join you and, and pray with you in that way. So today I pray that you would be filled with the hope of the resurrection and that you would be filled with the joy of rescue. Let us pray. Lord, we're so thankful that you rescued us from all the brokenness, all the times that we've chosen things that were not your best for us. We thank you that you bring healing and grace and mercy and that your resurrection is a continual sign that you are the one who brings life to dark places. So Lord, I pray for each person here today that you would bless them, that you would give them the hope of Easter and the joy of resurrection, that we may have a day of great celebration. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. I invite you to stand and, and begin to sing with us, and when you are ready, you can put that flower in the cross.
Easter.